He's a hard-working young man. He's anointed. He's a wonderful, wonderful, gifted young man that's given the, uh, the anointing, if you will, to be able to interpret dreams. He's a faithful servant. He's a humble servant. It's awkward me talking about him. <laughs> so this is Sean Wilder. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. I got uh, my glasses out here so I can see. You know, I've, um, did you ever get stuck in the Word on a couple of chapters and every time you go to read the Bible, you're just like, boy, I haven't gotten what I need to get out of this yet. And you rehearse and you go back and you seek the Lord. Um, for me, it's been the true vine uh, that I spoke about on a few weeks ago. And the part that gets me in John uh, chapter 15 is when Jesus gets to the end and he says, you know, about if you're abiding in the vine, right, um, you're going to produce fruit. You can't produce fruit if you don't abide in the vine, right? And... Uh, all those who don't abide in the vine, right, aren't, you, you can do nothing without him. And then he gets to the end and he says, uh, it's, it's important that you bear much fruit because this glorifies my Father in heaven. And so I've been thinking about, um, you know, the condition of my heart. Uh, the condition, how I think, how I process things, how I interpret what's going on around me. And uh, sometimes I have discovered that uh, I'm critical or I'm judgmental or I'm fearful or I'm, I'm anxious or I'm this or I'm that. And I'm asking the Lord where those things come from. And that if that's not glorifying God, then I remembered back when I was a little kid, you know, there were times in my life where I worked so hard to get an affirmation from my natural dad. You know, perhaps days on a secret project or something that I was putting together that I didn't want him to see. Or maybe he did see it. And how I just longed to hear those words, wow, you did this for me? That's really special. I'm, I'm so glad. Wow. And to have that affirmation, right? And so, uh, you know, I want to be an individual who produces the right kind of fruit for my father. That he is pleased. Amen. So uh, I, I took a, a, a little bit of a risk this morning and um, put my notes into a PowerPoint. And I'm not sure how that's going to go on this morning with the folks online. Um, I worked on it hoping that, for me, if I can see things visually, right, and if I can hear things and the more senses that I can incorporate in my learning, the more apt I am to remember it and take it further than just if I'm reading it or if I'm hearing it. 
And so I took some notes this morning. Usually I have my notes all typed out, and you know, it's kind of a guide, uh, though the Holy Spirit often goes in expanded directions when I do that, but still it's a guide. It's kind of the gist of what I feel he wants to say on that day uh, to the body, to my friends, to my family. And so this morning, um, I've really challenged Jackie and Ben because uh, they're running the video and they're running the sound, and I'm not sure how it's going to come across, but uh, we're going to move on anyway. Amen? Amen. So um, the first couple of things, uh, you know, I want to be one that sees the kingdom of God. I want to be an individual who recognizes the day that we're in and understands the, what's going on. I want to know. I want to assess myself how I'm growing spiritually. I want to be thinking about the condition of my heart and thinking about where where I am in the vine and where what fruit is being produced. John was talking last Sunday about seeing things grow, and his perception was that if he just keeps watering the plant, you know and watering and watering and watering is going to do really well. And that's kind of my attitude as well, right? And he discovered that um, too much water is not a good thing. And so his wife, Christine, came along and nursed the plant back to health with a different pattern, with a different, uh, with a different focus, and all of a sudden this thing starts to flourish. So I, it's not about just doing the one thing. It's about doing it correctly. Amen. In the end, does everybody win? You know, I when I was raising my kids, I was starting to teach them about, listen, there are winners and there are losers. And I was playing checkers with Aaron, and he was pretty good at five or six years old, and you kind of had to pay attention to your game. And it ended up that I, I won uh, the, the, the chess game with Aaron, and he got violently mad and angry, right? And I had to teach my kids, listen, there are winners and there are losers. And then he got into uh, sports, uh, you know, in grade school and totally different philosophy. The philosophy was everybody wins. There are no losers. And so I want to, I'm asking the question, does everybody win? Amen. Do all good people go to heaven? You know, so these are some questions that perhaps you've asked. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to minister this morning in a way that answers these questions within your heart. Amen. As we continue on, uh, John chapter 15, he said, Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of it by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I find myself wondering, is this a journey that I'm on? And once I start bearing fruit, I'm bearing fruit. Once that apple tree is, is, uh, has got the, the, the little buds on it that the bees have come along and pollinated, is that... Is that tree destined to produce the fruit for the fall? And the answer is no. The answer is no. This isn't about you've achieved some level. 
I can experience today something that I see fruit in my life. I see things happening in my life. I'm experiencing peace and joy and thanksgiving and the fruits of the Spirit. And tomorrow, things can change. And now I'm fearful and I'm full of anxiety and anxiousness. And I think that the, 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 the pandemic as a whole is, bring, is trying to propagate fear in the world trying to propagate anxiousness and self-preservation. But Jesus said, you can bear much fruit if you abide in me. Amen? I love the way uh, some of the other translations say it. Uh, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And the New American Standard says that my Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove that you are my disciples. And I know that's the cry of everybody in this room, that they want to do something in, in and through their lives, that the fruit that is produced is magnificent, that leaves something for another generation that is long-lasting, that's impactful, that we get to know how, how pleased God is. We're, we're magnifying who he is and we're lifting him up and encouraging him by the actions of our lives. The question really is, what is the fruit? How do we get it and how do, how do we know if we have it? What fruit are we talking about? Are we talking about the size of our bank accounts? Are we talking about the newness of our car or the size of our houses? Are we talking, what are we talking about when we say fruit? Because I can work really hard and make a lot of money. But if God's not interested in that kind of fruit in my life, then it doesn't reflect who he is in the way that he put me together as an individual. And he gave me a path to walk on that said, this is my plan for your life. So one of the first things we have to ask ourselves is, what is the fruit? How do we get it, and how do we know if we have it? What kind, what's the fruit that we're talking about? Does everybody win, and whatever you produce in your, in your life, God's pleased with it in an automatic kind of way? No. Galatians tells us that it contrasts the work or fruit of the flesh with those of the Holy Spirit. In our sinful nature, we bear things such as idolatry, jealousy, dissensions, fits of anger, and the list goes on and on and on. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. So when I'm oftentimes at work and I'm reading the latest COVID-19 experience that has just changed the way we function on a daily basis, I find myself getting anxious and I find myself getting worried and I find myself trying to think about what does that mean? What, what, how is that going to impact my life? How is that? And I'm getting fearful. And then I start thinking about what Jesus said in John chapter 15. You're to bear much fruit. You're to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You're to bear fruit that glorifies who I am, what I'm about, what I've placed inside of you. 
trust and hope and faith. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, I'm participating in a thought process that has two outcomes. The one that causes me to be fearful heads me in a self-preservation direction. The one that causes me to think about who God is has me operate in a faith and a grace direction. Yeah. And so I, it occurs to me by the quickening of the Holy Spirit, Sean, I'm producing patience in you. I'm producing um, peace in you. I'm producing the things in you because you've got to look to me to get those things, not from this email that just came out. Amen? Are you following me? I'm finding that there's a place in Scripture that really defines where, what I'm trying to say in a... <coughs> excuse me. And it's one of the parables is told. And so as he's teaching this parable, he says, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow a seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came, and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. That's an amazing, I've been thinking so much about what Jesus was trying to say in this scripture. Because with any situation, with anything that presents itself, you can be walking in any one of those categories. You can hear the word of God at any time during the day. By the, by the speaking or the unction of the Holy Spirit, could be uh, somebody beside you, it could be you're sitting here today. And depending on where my heart is, depends on the level of fruit that I'm going to produce out of that speaking of that word. If I understand that God's word doesn't return void, but accomplishes what it's sent to accomplish, I have the faith to understand that even when I make mistakes, God is faithful. Even when I fall down, and even when I make poor decisions and spend time in worry and in fear, even when I uh, am there sometimes for days, God is so faithful. He's so loving. He continues to work on, on his sons, on his daughters, on his family, to bring them to a place of completion. Amen? So let's break this down a little bit. It says a farmer went out to sow some seed. So what is the seed in this case? The seed is the word of God. The seed is Jesus Christ. The seed is his word that has all of the power and all of the authority and that little seed to grow up into what it intended to be. It's not just some tiny little thing. It's the seed to uh, produce uh, the very thing in your life that God wants to, uh, God wants to, uh, uh, I'm struggling over this word, that God wants to bring to your experience in your life. 
The soil is the person. The soil is the heart that was sown. So we can see that Jesus is talking about, well, wait a minute here. There's something that begins very small by hearing the word of God, taking it and believing it in faith, and causing it to grow and grow and grow and expand and bring revelation and bring understanding and bring experiences and to understand mysteries and to understand. That's what we're talking about. That's what it says when a farmer went out to sow some seed. We're talking about the word of God. And we're talking about the condition of the heart. So as we move on, as he was scattering some of the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. So what do the birds represent? The birds represent the devil. The seeds on the path represent the people who hear the message, but it's immediately lost because the people have little interest and are focused on other things. And sometimes in the midst of chaos or in the midst of a trial or in the midst of hardship, I hear one or two words that seem so contrary to what I'm experiencing, and I make the decision that's... That's not what I need to be thinking about. That's an example of hard soil. Where the word was spoken, the, the Holy Spirit was faithful in communicating to me how he wants me to think about the current situation. But because I was so engrossed in another direction, I made a decision, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to keep the ground hard here. I'm going to keep it. And eventually, I can't even remember what was quickened to me and what I was made known, what, what he was trying to communicate to me. So the seed that was sown or the word that was supposed to transform my life to get me thinking uh, in terms of trust and hope and peace and joy and thanksgiving, instead, I chose to walk in fear, anxiety, stress. The ways of the world. So I want to say to you, we can go in and out of these things at any moment. And God wants to be, God wants to be ministering to a heart that is open to him all the time. Being led by the Spirit, being led by his word, being led by the current situation, him overshadowing and helping us walk through it. Amen? So we can see that out of all of the seed that was sown, this portion didn't produce any fruit. So this portion doesn't line up with John chapter 15 where it says, and by this my Father is glorified, that you produce much fruit. So when we operate in the fear and the anxiety and the hardness of heart, and we overlook and we decide that we're going to stay in the situation that we're in and somehow walk through it, that's not where the fruit of the kingdom is produced. Right. And we need to understand that when the Holy Spirit is quickening to us, oh, wait a minute, I'm walking in fear. That is so real to me right now. That is so, I'm so anxious about how this is going to turn out. God, you didn't birth a spirit of fear in me. You gave me a sound mind. 
And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes in and it brings judgment on the faults. And it starts to elevate and exalt the truth. And we have a decision to make. There is no fruit that can be that can be had or experienced if we're walking in those things. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It did spring up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. What do the rocky places represent and what does the sun represent? There are seasons in my life where I feel like I can accomplish anything. I heard the word of God. It really resonated with who I am and what I'm about and the word that I got last week or last month or last year. And I can so see God's hand in this. And I find myself running. And then the trial comes. The sun represents the trial. gets hot. And in this case, because the seeds had no root, the scorching of the sun caused the plant to die. And so when the trial comes, these are the places where the seed on rocky ground represents the people of the experience who respond with initial enthusiasm, but the word of God doesn't sink in very deep. When the persecution or the hard times presented by the sun come along, we give up at once. Technical difficulties here. So we can see that now both of these places, uh, rocky ground and the hard soil, these didn't produce any fruit either. And so all of the time that we spend in these places, there's no fruit. And we become even more frustrated. We become even more anxious and more fearful. God, I want to glorify you. I want to have my life demonstrate the greatness and the goodness of who you are. But I'm really frustrated because the things that I'm doing aren't producing fruit. I'm still in the carnal, in the soulish realm. And I'm still trying to produce fruit that God will accept out of the soul realm. When those that come to God must believe that he is... And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him by and in the spirit through faith. And so you can't use natural understanding to experience the kingdom of God. You can't use our bank accounts or who we are naturally. You've got to understand that God is looking for the fruit, a different kind of fruit, things you own your job status. None of those count. God's looking for, for something else. So as we continue on here, others fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. The thorn bushes choked the message of God. It's heard, but the people's concern for riches and their worries and the jealousies and the anger and the focus on materialism causes the plants to die. This is the mixture. 
This is the place where it comes and says the individual thinks they can have it both ways, right? I can, I can go after the things of soulish realm because God put them here and he wants me to enjoy them. And there's a focus on that. But then there's the spiritual person that comes alongside and says, I want to pattern my entire life over the things and the leading of the Holy Spirit. The things that God is speaking in my life and they try to mix the two together. And, and it, it can never happen. It's either born of flesh or born of the spirit. There isn't a description in the word where half and half is okay. In other words, God says at the end, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you were lukewarm, I rejected you. Right? So we find out that even in the places where we've been a Christian for a long time and the plants are growing and the plants are doing well and they're starting to thrive, we understand that the thorns and the things that are, are overshadowing, it's not the garden of God. It's a very thorny place. It's a, it's a place where uh, fruit isn't growing. And so we see in this place that in this place also, all three of these didn't produce any fruit. There was nothing in these places that God accepted and said, and that I am so pleased with, because it represents who I am in your life. It represents the word that I've given you to walk out as an individual. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. That's God. That he takes a little seed, and through your heart, and through your life, and through your experiences, starts producing what is f far greater than what was originally sown in your life. Because you're taking it and you're lining yourself up. You're walking by the Spirit. You're walking by the Word of God. You're separating the truth from the lie. You're recognizing that you're walking in fear. You're walking in anxiety. You're walking in depression. You're walk Whatever it is. And you're bringing it to the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're saying, God, you are not a God of fear. You're a God of peace. Help me to get through this period of time in my life. Because without you, I can do nothing. And it's in those places where we see the spiritual things in our life start to take root and we start to see evidence of it. And we start to see it grow and the encouragement. But every single day, we need to assess, am I walking by the first three that are destined to produce nothing acceptable to God? You see, every person's work is going to be tried by fire. Every single thing. And the part that is left over is the part that is true. The part that gets burned up is the part that was the lie. So we see, in this case, that of all the seed that was sown, only this portion produced fruit. 
And it's not all equal. 30, 60, and 100 times what was originally sown. And this is why it glorifies God. Because producing 30 times what was originally there is a small miracle that's unfolding in your life. And 60 and 100 times, 100 times more than what God gave you is being produced and impacting the kingdom, impacting and demonstrating who he is for everyone else to see. Amen? Amen. So how do you see this message? Some might see it as, that's unfair. Thinking that because we have wealth or knowledge or various life achievements, shouldn't those be acceptable to God? Well, according to his word, what is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. Some might think that because they're generally a good person, God should just accept who they are, and everyone wins and goes to heaven. What we're hearing in this word is if you're an individual stuck in one of these places and never able to walk by the Spirit, to hear his voice, to pattern your life after his oversight. You don't win. You don't win. 1 Corinthians 15, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh is flesh, and uh, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Flesh is flesh. Spirit is spirit. They don't mix like salt and pepper. The salt is always salt. The salt, the pepper, is always pepper. Some may see progress towards real commitment, but are still struggling with the desires for natural things. This is where I think I am. Perhaps many of you. We're not made perfect yet. But God promised that through recognizing these places and drawing on his spirit and drawing on his word and abiding in the vine and trusting that who in, in the goodness of who he is, we're constantly becoming more and more like him. Amen? Others may see the promise of God... Uh, where abiding in the vine produces real life change. Every single one of you are not who you were six months ago. You're not. You've abided in the vine. And because of God's faithfulness, because of his oversight in your life, because of his goodness, because he never gives up on us, you're experiencing change. You're experiencing the fruit that he said, this is what glorifies my Father. Some may see uh, some fruit as taking shape 30%, and maybe you're thinking, wow, that's really good. But I'm really longing for the 100. I'm really longing and wanting to experience the fullness of God. Yes, I have salvation, and yes, I have his promises, and I am experiencing his peace, but there is so much more that I don't yet understand and I don't yet know. 
the goodness of who he is and the fullness. And so it's only in this, as I begin to close, where our faith, abiding in the vine, trust and fellowship and transformation takes place according to the pattern and the divine plan in our lives. You have to understand all this was written about you before you were born. You have to understand that God had a plan for your life. And how quickly or slowly you fulfill that plan is really up to you. Romans 8.14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're petitioning God for some answers in these days and you're just not sure if he's ever heard you, I've been, there are some things in life that I've petitioned God for for months and months and months and I'm not sure. I want you to know I believe he exists as well as you and at some point in time those answers are going to be answered. I would prefer the answer be more microwave and instantaneous. But in the waiting he produces patience. And in the waiting he produces the assurance of things hoped for by faith. And so the fruits of the Spirit actually are growing in the waiting and in the uncertainty. Amen? So in closing, we're headed into the feast. What fruit will you be bringing? What fruit will you be giving? And so I want this year to be a year where the fears of a global pandemic, the Dow, Jones, Industrial, whatever, and its fluctuations, whether or not I'll have a job, what's going on at the house, whether or not my oil in my car needs to be changed, whether or not I did the lawn mowing for the final last time and put everything to away correctly for the... All the stuff, all the stuff, I want to find a way to put it aside as much as I can so that I can walk in a spiritual place and have there be an impartation unlike any other year I've experienced. I want to see miracles. I want to see the signs. I want to see the glorious things. I want to see the things that we've been praying about for years come to pass. I want to see this valley transformed. I want to see people who aren't afraid to talk about Jesus at work. I want to see the places and the seasons of time where if somebody is crying in a chair at work because they just got a text, that I have the word of God to go up to them to set them free. I want to function at such a higher level than I have in the past. And it means I've got to decide where is the focus of my heart. In order to walk in the things that I'm longing for, I need to make some decisions. 
And I think that that is what the body of Christ is experiencing right now. Are we going to take the fear and go into self-preservation? Or are we going to walk by the Spirit and overcome so that those things don't have the hold and the grip on us that they used to have? This is a season of deliverance. This is a season where the trumpet is sounding. And so when the trumpet sounds this Friday, I encourage you all to be here. Six o'clock. That we can participate and walk through these places together. Seeking our God. Knowing that he's going to show up. Knowing that his word is true and faithful. But what decision will we make with where we stand in that chart? Amen. Six o'clock. Don't get distracted. Did you? But did you see how quickly? That's what we're talking about here today. speaking I heard the Holy Spirit say so I, I have to say this he said my truth comes without condemnation my truth comes without condemnation and I said okay So what I'm saying is if any of you are feeling condemned by this word, you didn't hear the truth. And then he said, my truth comes with conviction. is a difference. Do not misinterpret what you might feel as conviction even in your heart with condemnation. Our God and Jesus is in But he is here to convict us. To convict us. Somebody Google conviction and get me a definition. It's so nice that we're not on a time schedule today. Google conviction. We must be convicted by the truth. Otherwise, we will walk away. While Sean was bringing God's word, God's word, did somebody want to read it? Oh, 
conviction is a formal declaration that someone is guilty. Oh, wait a minute. Is guilty of a criminal offense made by the verdict of a jury or the decision of a judge in a court of law. It also means a firmly held belief or opinion. Well, that wasn't really the one I was looking for. We understand conviction in a court of law, but I'm talking about a conviction in your heart that how I've been living is wrong. So let me give you the Holy Spirit definition. Conviction comes with, there's places in my life that need to be made in a change. Change. Condemnation is I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I can't do this anymore. I'm guilty and I'm just going to go to prison. Like this other. It's a fine line. I, God wants us to be convicted in these days. Lord knows uh, I prayed it for myself and so I prayed it for you. And you will be so we know it happened that quick it's we get in habits we, we get in habits when I heard the word I was I was remembering a word that, that um, brother Steve brought from the Lord a few weeks ago revival is personal Change and transformation is personal. It comes from inside here in the gut. And today was that cry. And it was that it was that voice from the vine telling us because we all want to produce fruit. We want to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. He's like coming to remove the things that are hindering that so he can answer those prayers, right? So he can tell us where, we've, where we might be going wrong and we've just never thought of that before, right? So I want you to leave convicted to the degree that it's uncomfortable. I want you to be uncomfortable. You're convicted and I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna focus on you, Lord, to help me with this, to strengthen me. I know the transformation is coming. There's going to be a change. I don't want to be one of those 30% producers anymore. I, I, I'm headed for 60. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I have faith for 100, but that's my goal. That's my ultimate goal. That is the thing. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but there is conviction to help us get where we need to go. And I've got a hand up back there. Please do. Ah, that's it. That's the one I was looking for. The state of being compelled to admit the truth to yourself. 
loving that. Get that on the next slide. That needs to go in your show. This was excellent. An excellent spirit. I loved it. The act of being compelled to admit the truth. And that's what we heard today. And that's what, it happened before the word came. It's been happening in the spirit. And that's what was happening in our worship. God's, you know, sometimes we come and, he, and the Spirit of God comes to convict us and to, to, to take off the mask. You know, here we are putting the mask on. And all it's the totally opposite. You know, everything. It's the fear. It's the panic. It's all the things that are opposite of God. Put the mask on and God's saying, take the mask off. I want to see you face to face. You're not going to hide behind that mask anymore. You, you know, everything is just, just such sharp black and white contrast in this hour. And in this case, before God, we take the mask off. And he's like, get that mask off right now. I'm talking to you. Right? I'm so happy that the Holy Spirit is coming to convict us. It is with joy. It is with joy that I'm convicted. I'm so glad that he can tell me and compel me to say, I'm guilty on that. Lord, forgive me. Because until I see it, how can I ever change it? How can I ever make a heart commitment, a purposed, intentional purpose? eliminate something out of my life and replace it with fruit. I was walking along last week. I love this fine word, this intimacy words that have been coming. It's been very refreshing to me. And I went somewhere, and there, Bonnie and I were walking along, and all of a sudden, just, we were in vegetation, and then all of a sudden, we were just walking on, and there was this vine, Sean, grapes on it. And they were like, it looked ripe. I'm like, what bird dropped this vine in the middle of this forest? And there is a vine growing. I didn't have the fortitude. or I, I don't know why I didn't take a picture of this. It was amazing. It was just getting enough sunlight and open enough to get water. It was a cluster of grapes, you know, this big. And I said, I have to taste this. I know there's no chemicals on this, but I bet it's going to be sour. No, but it was, it was a purple grape. And they were right. Right. And I did, and it was sour. <laughs> but, you know, that's what God is speaking. Don't leave here today feeling condemned, but rejoice in the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we might be those 100% producers. And I know every one of you are destined. Every single one of you. Amen? So now you can close this up. I really enjoyed this so much. Thank you uh, for the 
labor it took uh, to put that together. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. We back on, Ben?